Be the Good is all about people doing good in the world while following their passions, good for their own souls and for others. I'm Kate Cherichello, and welcome to today's episode. If you are enjoying these stories, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It would mean so much. You can also join our Facebook community under the group title, Be the Good with Kate Cherichello. Let's spread a little more goodness in the world. Welcome back to Be the Good with Kate. Today's guest is Lisa Ulrich Verdeber, and she is on a mission for good indeed. She is such an intriguing individual, CEO of global media company called Ever Widening Circles, focusing on good news only. She's the creator of the Conspiracy of Goodness Network, quote, the first ever networking platform for making the world a better place. I'm obsessed, obviously. She's also creator of education site EWSeed. I hope I say that right. And Amazing World Media. There is so much more you need to hear, but I will let her tell you. But you can obviously see why I absolutely had to chat with Liesl once I came across what she's doing. I'm just so grateful that you were willing. Thanks so much for being here, Liesl. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on. And she's coming today from Slovenia. So I'm also looking forward yes. to hearing more about this. <laughs> yes, yes. The Adventures Living Abroad this year, for sure. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, first, then, just who are you and what do you do in your own words? Yeah, so I'm Liesl Ulrich-Verderber. Um, I am the CEO of Ever Widening Circles, soon to be the Goodness Exchange. We're doing a, a rebrand here uh, at the beginning of December. And um, we're on a mission to change the negative dialogue about our time. So for the past seven years, um, we have written about stories of people who are doing extraordinary things across the globe that are solving the world's real big problems. So we kind of differentiate ourselves a little bit from like regular good news that we're not just giving you sort of fluffy like boy rescues puppy kind of stuff, but more like here are the people who are actually making a difference in when it comes to stopping the rainforests being on fire, or here are the people who are actually going and making um, tangible impacts on the issues of, of you know, to, of global warming or of um, pollution or of our plastic issues, you know, all these big, scary things that we see in the news. Um, we are writing about the people who are solving those big problems. And then we're really excited with the, the growth of our platform into the Goodness Exchange to now be able to connect people more directly to those individuals um, so people can support their work and start to actually get involved with all the good that's going on in the world. Oh, that's incredible. I, I love the the big picture, the big issues that you're t- tackling. That's mind-blowing. How on earth did you get into this? What was your path here? Yeah, yeah. So my path, I came with this really sideways. Um, So I graduated from Harvard in 2015. Um, I was like a very typical kind of cynical Harvard student. Um, And while I was in my senior year, my mom actually started Ever Widening Circles. Um, She founded it after um, a patient of hers. She's actually a dentist for for 30 years. Um, But she was really, she and my father, who were in practice together, um, were all about keeping the humanity in healthcare. So they had seen people literally throughout their entire lives, two times a year, and they were really about making deep connections with their patients. And um, my mom received an email from a young man who had, she had known his whole life, and he had gone into the military. And he, um, while he was there, he had gone in with the good intention of, of, of doing good work. And um, he emailed my mom, of all people, his dentist, at a low point and asked her if she knew of any place where he'd go see that the world was still a good place. 
Um, and my mom being the helpful person that she is, she Googled everywhere and couldn't find any place that didn't have sort of a really obnoxious ad scene going on or some political slant. At the time, this was like 2014, you know, there was Upworthy, but that was super left. There was some stuff that was happening on the right, but there was nothing that like we could all come together and be like, wow, this really points to goodness. Um, and so being the person that she is, she decided to build her own website. Um, and graduating from Harvard, I was pretty cynical, like I said, and I was like, oh, mom, positive news website, come on. There's these big issues in the world. Like, I'm sure I was like a joy to be with at Thanksgiving. Um, <laughs> very, very supportive and helpful. But when I graduated, I wanted to take some time off before jumping right into the working world. And I knew that I didn't want to go into finance or consulting. I knew that I wanted to go into something, either a startup or an NGO or something that was like doing more, had the potential to do more good in the world. Um, and so that summer, my mom had lost her original partner on the project. And I was like, okay, mom, I'll help you like get this thing designed and give you something that you can work with. But I'm like definitely going on to do other things, I said. Um, and then I got really involved in the business itself and um, saw the ways in which it could really highly impact education, which is where a space that I'm really passionate about. Um, and so that kind of evolved into me taking over the business and turning it from more of like a, a blog style into a, a larger media company um, and growing us into all these various platforms from education with EWC Ed to um, the publishing site, as you see it now, to the community that we're now kind of building into the Goodness Exchange. So everything will be integrated into one. Um, and, and so I came to this very sideways. I came to this um, sort of by accident and then I fell in love with the work. So I always say that I'm sort of like the best case scenario of what can happen when you start to change the way you think about the world by having a more balanced and positive view of the world. There is so much there. <laughs> I feel like I, know. I have 30,000 questions for you. I can't believe that your mom went from, I am a dentist to this one random connection to all of this that followed too. Yeah, yeah. That's incredible. I mean, I think for her, it was really the culmination of just like, she had been seeing so many of her patients sort of that had been happy, positive people. And again, this is 2014. So this was like, before the era where we were all supposed to be really sad um, and 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 angry. And um, she had seen this coming. Like the news was clearly wrapping people up into a negative headspace for a long time before we even realized it. And I think she was sort of an early, she saw that very early and was trying to, and is trying to with her work, sort of stop that, that negative dialogue that we can find ourselves in over and over and over again. And it's so easy to get into that spiral. I mean, that's why I started mm -hmm. this too. It's just because it's just constant, the negativity everywhere. So we need more people like you and your mom and all of this. And I have um, a side question. How did you yeah. go, decide to go from it being more blog-based to being a media company? Yeah. So I think that kind of developed out of this need for us to create different platforms in order to expand. So you know, there was the writing the articles, which was great. And then when I came in and I realized that there was all these ways in which this wonderful content could be brought out into the world in a bigger way, um, I think that kind of necessitated growing into a bigger company, right? So when we wanted to go into education, we couldn't just like send people to our website to like go watch the content that we were writing for, um, for you know, adults. We would need to write a version for like six to 12th graders, right? So that necessitated building out its own platform. And then when we wanted to go into um, healthcare, we had to build out our own platform there. So it kind of became this thing of like, 
we need it. And I, my background is in design. And so to me, it was really important that we design solutions for these different groups that really needed our work because it's very difficult to just go and be like, you need goodness. But if you can show people how that goodness can, can work within the systems that they already have, you, you give them such a leg up in being able to implement the ideas that you have. Excellent. And Liesl, how has the, the whole, like everything you've been working on changed during the pandemic? I know you have changed locations. I know that it's grown more, the company. Can you tell a little bit more about how these last now almost two years have shifted and maybe even some things for, for the better that may have come out of it too? Yeah, I think one of the things that was really incredible um, when the pandemic started was we saw this huge influx in people using the internet, like our numbers just went absolutely up. And it was wonderful because it was clear that people were still looking for positivity and connection, um, even when there was this like start of lockdown. And then another beautiful thing that happened as well was then we saw people at a point like going off the internet. So I know it seems weird that I'm like an internet person who's like, oh my gosh, how wonderful that people are going off the internet. But it was interesting to see this ebb and flow. We see it every year. It's very interesting in the summer, like people don't use the internet as much. It, it's, it's sort of this beautiful thing happens, unlikely but beautiful that we've watched every year. Um, and so we could watch people kind of go out like there was this point tipping point at which we all were like sick of watching the birds from inside our house and like we all went outside to go look at the birds so it was kind of just this wonderful thing of like people were looking first they were looking for like meaningful connection not just you know like one hit good stories they were looking for de depth and then we could see that people were also then finally finding ways to involve themselves in nature and see the world in broader terms and and move off the internet so that was kind of interesting but you know on a personal level I think we, we learned two things. One, we had been a company that had a um, had an office that you know we went to every day and we discovered that we could do everything remote, which is incredible. It opened up opportunities like me moving to Slovenia with my partner. Um, and I think we also learned as a company that there was this, we learned why people were kind of hungry for our content. I think we learned and discovered that there's this wonderful um, group of people like yourself who like they still think it's a good world, even though like everything says to the contrary and that there's this sort of like, like community of people out there that just, we all need each other. Like we're just sitting out there being like, wait, I, I'm a, I'm a nurse or I'm a teacher. And I like have to know the world is good to like make my work meaningful. Um, and, and so I want to be around other people that can support that view of the world. And so that's how we built the Conspiracy of Goodness Network was because all of these people were kind of stranded out there. Like you go to a dinner party when we had dinner parties and maybe as we have them now, and you're like sitting there with your like glass of wine and you're like brioche toast or whatever thing you have on bread. And like everybody else is like, well, did you see how terrible this is, how terrible that is? And then the, you're like the one at the party who's like, but wait, it is good, right? Like, I'm not the only one that thinks that something good is happening in the world. Like, my neighbor is really nice to me. Like, the little kid brought me baked goods. Like, I think that there's a bigger community of people out there in the world that see goodness, that believe in goodness. And that's, I think, what we've discovered is our, our, our niche in the world is supporting those people because we're all out there. And I think we're yelling in our own communities. We're doing incredible work in our own communities. Um, and we need a place to come together because it just doesn't, it doesn't exist very well in the natural world. So um, that was an incredible thing that we learned in this past year and that I learned in this past year. Um, 
that everyone is out there and that the internet is such a wonderful place to find find each other. Amazing. And that goodness breeds more goodness and spreads and spreads in yes, all the good exactly. ways. Exactly, exactly. And sometimes we just need to like know each other's out there to keep doing our good work. And that's really what the world needs. That's right, right? So many people, times, I mean, I know I've felt silenced over at times because everybody else is being like, oh, this is so bad and this is so bad. I'm like, well, I guess I don't want to be that one who's like, well, actually, did you hear about this today? And then they all go, oh. Yeah, it's almost like the opposite of the Debbie Downer. Like, it's so yeah. funny to me that it used to be like the Debbie Downer was a joke and now it's like, I don't know, positive Patty or something. Like, <laughs> yep. people just like look down on you if you like bring up the fact that like poverty is going down. It's a true fact. Like, like there's less war. There's less famine. There's we're, we're actually reacting better to pandemics um, by the science. It's just it's bad in these times. But those are the real numbers. Um, but like, no one really wants to hear that. It's not. I don't think people enough people have enough information to then feel like they can contribute to that conversation. Whereas, because most of us, the information that we have is negative. You know, it's an interesting topic of conversation because I can add my two negative cents and you could add your two negative cents and he can add his five and you can just keep going like that at any dinner party. I always find it is such a balance, right? It's being aware that the negative is there and, you know, and letting it hit you and letting you feel it, but also Mm -hmm. not getting so stuck in that, that that's your whole world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like a, it's like a diet really. When you think Mm -hmm. about how you consume the news, right? Like I think I'm not saying, and I will never say this, people need to know the news because you need to stay informed. You need to know what's happening out there so you can care and so that you can make educated decisions that affect everybody around you. So you do need to know what's happening in the world. But that isn't the only thing that's happening. And the news is newsworthy because it's actually not happening all that often. Like things that are newsworthy are actually pretty rare. So like the plane crashing, the giant tsunami, all those things are very rare, which is why they make the news. And yet I don't think we know that as news consumers. And so we consume it and we consume it and consume it. It's like a giant heavy dinner. Like you cannot consume a giant heavy steak dinner. It might be like super nutritious and like, you know, just hit the spot, but you cannot, you can't consume that, you know, every five minutes. Whereas, you know, we think of of the goodness exchange never widening circles as kind of like a salad, like a nutritious kind of well-balanced. It's not the sweets like boy saves puppy. I have a rescue dog. I love rescue dogs. I just want to say that on the record because I did get yelled at one time for, for comparing those two, but um, (laughs) it's not like the saccharine sweet stuff. Like it's this like balanced, healthy, you know, it's not so like out there that it's like, woo woo. Here's some weird vegetables you can't pronounce. It's like, here's a balanced, healthy, good salad. Try it. It'll make you feel better. If you want another one, we've got a whole bunch of them here and come back for it. So I think if we started to think of our news as a bit more of a diet and we could understand how that diet made us feel, we could probably start to do a little bit more sort of intuitive eating, if you will, about what is making us feel good, what is making us feel bad and what is making us, and when we feel satiated. That's such a great way to put it. I've never thought of it like that before. And now I'm going to, I know it's going to come up in conversation at least like five times in the next week alone now. <laughs> yeah, I know that one, like definitely that metaphor, like it's like, oh yeah, it's like, that's, that's what it is. Like, it's making me yeah. feel bad. It's like when you eat a bunch of junk food or Absolutely. too much steak dinner, whatever, you know? Absolutely. Oh, that fits in so, so perfectly. And that leads to my next question too, Liesl. What are some good news moments you've experienced by doing all this work? You know, either in your own life, personally, how it's fulfilled you or others? Yeah, so I think on a personal level, 
when I say that I was like a really cynical Harvard student, like I truly mean that. I did not think there was good out there to be had. I thought we were like, there was just, it was like an insurmountable amount of badness. And like, I a little bit came into it. Like I have to choose whatever badness I'm going to fight for the rest of my life. And then maybe somebody else will fix it, right? Or fix the other ones. And what I found was that as I started to change the media I consumed and I was conscious of what I was doing, um, I started to see the world in more positive terms. And this is, as I came to found out, find out, this is basic brain science. Like our brains see the world in terms of what we see most often. And if that is negative news or a bunch of people pontificating about how bad the world is, that's how I'm going to see the world. That's just the way our brains work. And so, and that's something to be really cognizant of cognizant of is like how much badness bad news are we consuming because that's going to make us more afraid to go talk to strangers that's going to make us more afraid to go ask for help or to go travel the world when the things that we see on the news like I said are these minuscule slices of reality um and so as I began to like learn some things from my own work I began to sort of retrain my brain and now you know I, I went on a bachelorette party a couple months ago and you know, when everybody else was complaining about all these little things, the server not taking cooking enough, the weird yoga teacher, you know, all these things, my brain didn't even go there. Like I didn't even want to dwell on like, and usually I would have like hucked that up to some good, like comedy gold, but I didn't have any desire to like partake in that negativity. Um, and so I think that that's a personal example of how things have changed for me. But I think on a wider level, you know, learning, there are so many incredible stories that I could probably spend, you know, a half hour just talking about them. But I think one of the ones that I love, and I think it sticks with me because it's one of the first articles I ever wrote that like hit me hard. And it's one of the ones that I, we've kind of kept tracking over time. And it's about this gentleman named Topher White. Um, and he figured out how to make old cell phones here um, so listen for chainsaws in the rainforest so that they could stop deforestation before it even started. And this like came about because he was, he just happened to be, he was an engineer who happened to be, um, in the rainforest and he discovered and went off with one of the rangers and just a few hundred meters from the ranger station, um, was an area that had been deforested like overnight under their noses. And what he realized was that the rainforest is so loud that you can't even hear chainsaws in the rainforest, right? So he thought, okay, what do, what do, we, ha what, what do we have among us that has microphones that there are a lot of? Old cell phones. We all have one tucked away in a drawer. So he learned how to like tune these old cell phones to the pitch of these chainsaws so they could listen for chainsaws. And then as it turns out, there is enough like why, like a um, connectivity on the perimeter of these of these um, rainforests, that then when the cell phone hears a chainsaw go off, it can then like ping to a cell tower, which then pings to the ranger station of local rangers who can come and stop the deforestation. So like, if that wasn't cool enough, great, I would tell you that story. We can move on to my next cool story. But it gets even cooler because they're making all this data on the sounds of the birds, the animals in the rainforest. And it turns out that the birds were making different noises when the trucks, before the chainsaws were even started, the birds were making different noises when the trucks were coming in that had the chainsaws. So now they've trained those, those cell phones to listen for the trucks rolling in so they can stop and know where the trucks are by what the birds are singing and stop the deforestation before the trucks even hit 
the part of the rainforest that's going to be deforested. So you save all of the trees this way. And this can be implemented all around the world because there's enough connectivity across the globe for this to happen. And if you save these patches of rainforest, it's like taking hundreds of thousands of cars off the road because it can sequester the carbon. So it's this incredible tale of like a person seeing a problem, finding a creative solution with stuff that we already have, and then using technology to like create even better and better and better solutions and then put them in the hands of local people to like make this community, this a part of the community and then actually make tangible change. It's, I think it's my favorite story because it just, it's, it's the perfect recipe for how we can make big, large scale global change on problems that we thought were completely intractable. That's wild. Isn't it? Isn't it? And I also grew up in like the era when like I cared, like that was all we could talk about was the deforestation of the rainforest. So like as a rainforest nerd, like certified since fourth grade, that one, it just blows my mind. <laughs> oh my gosh. And, you know, so often I think we, we associate technology as like negative, especially for natural resources and look at the, how it all tied together because of one guy, one guy. Yeah who just happened to be in the right place at the right time and realized that the reason why rangers couldn't stop deforestation was not because they didn't have enough people, not because they didn't have enough guns, not because they didn't have enough resources, because they couldn't hear the chainsaws. Wow. And hundreds of thousands of cars off the road? Yeah. Oh my gosh. All right. Mind is blown. Yeah. Um, I could listen to stories all day here. Wow. If that's just one of them, that's unbelievable. Yeah. Like to read more of them on, on the website too, because they're all still there. Correct. Yeah. Yes, they are. Yes. Right. Excellent. And do you, do you have Liesl any quotes or mantras that you find yourself saying a lot? Hint, I may have seen yeah. it on already, but to tell everybody else. <laughs> Yeah, I think my favorite mantra is uh, laughter is the shortest distance between two people um, by Victor Borga. Um, that one is is definitely my favorite. Um, it, it used to be the quote that I would end all of my articles with because I think it's such an important cultural touchstone and I am such an internationally minded person. And then I sign off all of my articles um, with stay beautiful and keep laughing, which I think is sort of the rendition of that because I think I think we all have a beauty, not like a physical beauty. I don't mean that. I mean like a soulful beauty. And I think the more that we can keep that beauty, you know, the beauty of a kid when they like tell you an interesting thing or they ask an interesting question, the more that we can keep that beauty um, and radiate it, I think, and not in a woo-woo way. I just mean that in like holding an inner beauty is something you know when you see it. Um, and then keep laughing because I, I think that we can get through a lot of stuff if we can find humor in things and um, and start to laugh about things a little more and make connections through that, through that connect to that that connectivity of, of, of laughter and humor. Agreed. Liesl, where can we find you online and follow you and connect with you? Yes. Yeah, so the best place is the Goodness Exchange. Um, you go to goodness-exchange.com, the goodness-exchange.com. And then we're on Instagram and Facebook as the Goodness Exchange, um, just Goodness Exchange, the, the, you know, it's a little superfluous. So Goodness Exchange on all platforms. Um, and then you can connect with me personally over on Instagram at liesl.uv. Um, I love getting messages there and I respond to all of them. So if you have any questions or want to connect deeper on some of my, more of my favorite articles, feel free to message me over there and, and connect more. Liesl, I cannot thank you enough for your time, for your goodness, for all that you are doing for this world. 
Yes, thank you so, so much for having me on. This has just been so delightful. Thanks so much for listening to Be The Good with Kate Cherichello. Whether you're listening on YouTube or via podcast, it would mean the world if you liked, subscribed, and or left a review. You heard about the good? Now go out and be the good in your life this week. If you have stories of good news that need to be shared, please send me a message. Thanks again and have a great week.